Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Short, Pale, and Handsome Podcast. I'm your boy, Loy Lee. Today is, would be Monday, April 19th. How are you? How art thou? How's your ma? I hope all is well. I hope that uh, we are getting to the end of this COVID lockdown and uh, you guys are out there gallivanting around safely in the state that you're in. I hope. I hope you're out there wearing shorts and flip-flops, just armpits all out, tank tops, not caring, just wearing a mask because it's all fun and games until Nana gets sick, right? Right? We have a moral obligation to our old people uh contrary to what it looks like here in America. I don't know. Take care of your old people, people. <laughs> Protect the old ones and the children. Uh what's going on? What is going on with you guys? I have been uh I've been diligently busy. I've been busy trying to come up with something to buy my wife. Her birthday is coming up. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mrs. Lee. Happy birth. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But, you know, I've been trying to figure out. I always, always uh, struggle with gift giving. I always get, like, a meaningful gift, but I never get the, like, wow, this is what you wanted. You've been looking for this forever. This is the thing that you've been anticipated. La piste de resistance to your birthday. I, I'm not good at that. I get the, oh, yeah, here's, you know, I just, oh, you want it, I buy it, whatever. Or I, you want it, uh, I'll, I'll figure it out. But for your birthday to, like, make it an occasion, I don't know. Never really been good at that. So I've been trying to figure it out incognito. I've been trying to figure it out nonchalant, like on the slide. I am inconspicuous like a, a hammer to the head. Hey, hey, baby, like, you know, hypothetically, if your birthday was coming up, what would you want, hypothetically, in a hypothetical world? She's like, my birthday is coming up. I know. I'm just saying. We're just, uh, there was a, a, a poll online, I guess. <laughs> I'm not good at this. Like, hey, I'm just trying to fill out a survey in Cosmo or something. Uh, top 10 gifts. What would your top five be? <laughs> my wife, I love her. Uh, she likes to travel. I mean, that's really what it is. She likes to travel, spend a little bit of cashish. Uh, foreign cash, if at all possible. So that's what we try to do. And um, didn't happen last year. Didn't happen for the big far O for me. And it didn't happen for her. And it doesn't look like it's happening again. And that's why I'm curious. I'm curious, like, where is it open? Like, oh, are we just going to have to go vacation in Texas? Deep down in the heart of Texas. The rabbits rush along the deep down in. I don't know the words. Uh, as you can tell, if you've been listening long enough, you realize Loy, stop saying you don't do it well and you don't know the words to anything. You're right. 
You're right, I don't. But uh, what, what what's what's open right now? Texas, Texas is open. Florida is open. Um, I don't know. There's not a lot of places to go at this moment, you know, because all the places worth going are not here. All the places worth going, you need a passport. And with a passport, you got to go, like, you got to get tested a few days beforehand, and then you get there, you got to get tested, and then you got to stay 14 uh, 14 days, two weeks in quarantine, and then when you get out, you get to gallivant, and then you get back on the plane, get a COVID test, get a COVID test when you land, and then another two weeks before you can go about a go about your regular day. Uh, so that's not worth it. Like we just don't have the funds or the means to go. Yeah, let's just blow two months out of our out of our lives. Let's just blow a month and a half. One full month of quarantine. I don't know. Protect the old people. Right, people? Uh, but, yeah, that's what I've been trying. I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm really, like I said, I'm really good at, like, meaningful gifts. Gifts that, like, mean something. Like, hey, I think you would get a kick out of this. I think this means something to you. Um, something like that. But, like, the want, like, the, hey, here's the thing you've always wanted. Nah, I'm not good at that. And I blame my dad. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't father your your, your children properly people i blame i blame my upbringing uh wow that got weird okay <laughs> five and a half minutes in we're talking about my dad issues uh let's keep let's you know let's keep on let's keep on digging down in this uh deep dark uh hole that i've dug myself into this past week dmx has passed away and um you know Growing up in the 90s and uh, being a teenager in the 90s and being an adult in the 2000s, DMX would definitely be part of the soundtrack to my life. And I remember, I remember I must have been sophomore, junior, must have been a sophomore or junior in high school when he came out. It's dark and hell is hot, which is still my favorite saying ever when I think something is fucked up. When I see something and, like, something's just completely jacked up and I've got nothing good to say, I'm just like, well, it's dark and hell is hot. Um, and that just reminds me, like, going, connecting that, like, the music that I'm familiar with, connecting it to the music that I'm not familiar with. Nas, little Nas X, who's apparently a rapper that has no affiliation with Nas. I don't know. I... <laughs> You know, he came out with a shoe that uh, was, like, Satan-orientated, had 666, apparently had a drop of blood in the soul. Huh, that's funny, a drop of blood in the soul. Uh, and, like, in the video, he's, like, giving the devil the lap dance, and people are losing their mind, being like, this is not my hip-hop. Hip-hop is the devil, rap is the devil, and I'm like, yeah, this sounds like exactly the same things they were saying since I was growing up. DMX, back in 1997 or 98, I don't remember, comes with an album that says it's dark and hell is hot, and then the second album was Blood of My Blood, and he's like drenched in blood on the album cover like Carrie, right? 
hip hop has never been in line with the church and it's never been a surprise. I don't know where I'm going with that one, but I'm saying DMX has passed away and um I remember listening to him growing up. I mean, I remember it was the strangest thing. DMX had the most gangsterous hardest dudes on the block that I knew barking like a dog. Very strange. Uh, especially at the time when it was very like bad boy, uh, bad boys who were, weren't bad boys, which is strange. Bad boys that were dressed up like spacesuits, flashy jumpsuits, and 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 uh, fancy, funny-looking clothes. And then he brought it back. He brought it back wearing a, a choker chain, wearing. Freaking just a vest, just a vest, just a bulletproof vest and a tank top underneath it. Tim's, you know, he brought it back to the hood and had the whole hood barking like a dog. With a hood, with a hood, with a hood at. Uh, I remember one of my first actual concerts, and I'm actually kind of ashamed to say this because you would think that I've, I went to a lot of concerts as much as music uh, as I consumed growing up, but I hated I hated concerts because I don't like to be around a large amount of people. Never have, never will. Just uh, sporting events, been to a lot of them. Don't enjoy them. Don't enjoy being around in that close proximity of people. But my first concert was DMX, The Rough Riders, and Cash Money Millionaires. It was Rough Riders, Cash Money Millionaires tour, Boston, Massachusetts. Must have been 98-ish. I'd have to look that up. I don't remember. But I remember going. And I remember being there. And in Boston, everybody knows somebody that works everywhere. No matter where, no matter who you are, no matter where you go, you know somebody that's got a cousin that works somewhere. That you're at. That was super generic, Loy. Uh, I had a buddy whose cousin worked at the Fleet Center uh, or the Gadden. I think they called it the Fleet Center back then. It had just opened up. And I remember being like, not having backstage passes, but since we knew him, uh, he worked security there, he let us in, but not in the backstage area, but like in the corridor, in like that, that DMZ area where you just, you were, weren't watching the performances. You were in the back, but you weren't backstage. You were backstage, but you weren't in the back room. You were just in the hallway that connected the two. And I remember being in the hallway, and uh, I had never had smoked weed until apparently that night. I was higher than shit. Um, I was like, well, if I don't smoke, I should be fine, right? But the smoke, you barely could see your hand in front of your face, and, uh, and like, it was from waist to ceiling, just smoke. It, it was Cash Money Millionaires in the Rough Riders in the, in the late 90s, and I, um, and I remember, I remember being like, huh, this is a weird smoke machine. Is this what the smoke from the smoke machine smells like? This is horrible. And I'm high. That's how you know you're high when you're like, huh, there's no way I could be high right now. <laughs> so, so we're standing out there, me and my buddy, whose cousin let us in. We're, we're standing there. We're like in this hallway. And um, we hear a fight break out. 
It was loud. It was it, everything was going slow motion, and then we just see people running out of the room, out of the back, the green room, running out and going in both directions of the hallway, and uh, our high dumbasses go, huh? And we started walking towards that, towards towards the danger, because we were high and we were curious, and we were like, huh? Well, what's the worst that it could be? I mean, we're backstage. What could be horribly going wrong backstage? Go backstage. So we like, by that time, security that was holding like that part, uh, kind of like holding the gateway blockade, the embargo of that area had, had turned around and gone into the room. So we kind of were able to walk basically into the room. We kind of poke our dumbasses in is kind of like, huh? And people breaking out to a fight, and I see the biggest dude ever pick up a bench, like a locker room bench, and throw it at somebody. And it was one of those things where, like, we see this guy running at us, and then we see behind him the bigger dude throw the bench basically at our direction and then collapse the guy that was running at us. And we just like, oh, I think I'm high. <laughs> uh, th that was uh, my first and basically my last concert ever. And it was at that point, uh, cash money must have been on stage because it was the East Coast cash money. Nobody cared about cash money back then. Like Lil Wayne, Birdman, uh, fucking Sea Money, Sea Murder, Silk the Shocker, all of those guys wearing lugs, Birdman, uh, they were all, they were probably on stage. They probably opened because the East Coast is Rough Rider territory. So, yeah, the Rough Riders are getting into a fight backstage. I, um, I don't think I've ever been to a concert since. I've been to a bunch of stand-up concerts, of course, but not like music concerts. They were whatever. Uh, the parts that I do remember just being in the nosebleed seat, uh, nose seats and just being like, music sucks bro this sounds like at like it sounds better at my house on a cd or oh, my mp3 player <laughs> totally sounds better on my mp3 player bro you could actually hear the words not this bullshit i don't think i've ever been to a i i don't think i've ever been to a concert since i have uh, zero want or need to go to a concert. I've been to a couple music festivals. Does that count, guys? Hey, guys, does that count? Sure, I've been to a couple music festivals. But that's about it. Um, shout out to DMX. It's, it's, it's funny. Uh, I kind of forgot. For some reason, I... I always thought, like, DMX's name was Damien. Damien something, right? Because that was... That was his persona, DMX, Darkman X, Damien. And I'm sure I read it somewhere. His name is Earl. Earl is like that old black man's name. Like he was like a 50, he was named after a 50 year old black man back when he was in his 20s, back when I was in my teens. And then to find out that he died at 50, named Earl, I was like, wow, that's uh, now he finally, he finally grew into his name. 
Um, I feel bad though. Like drugs, drugs is it's it's not good. <laughs> like nobody wins on drugs. Um, I I did find out though something that circulated into my into my uh atmosphere was him singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. If you guys haven't heard DMX singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, it does two things. It warms your heart in a way that you would never think hip-hop could, and it proves that DMX was on crack. That's it. It was like, it was great and horrible at the same time. I'm going to watch it literally every Christmas. I'm going to listen to it. Like, I'm going to put it on my rotation from now on. And um, it's sad. It's sad. DMX passed away. Rest in peace. Uh, I, I, I found out this week that Black Rob, Black Rob from basically the same time era where, you know, he had one track, like, whoa. DMX died, like, whoa. Black Rob, not far behind, like, whoa. Uh, he passed away. He passed away today, or uh, yesterday, today. Uh, shout out to that. And, like, it's getting to the point where, like, all the people that I looked up to or were, like, in my uh, universe when I was growing up is, is passing away. And now that I'm thinking about, it, like, Black Rob, bad boy, fucking horrible track record. Now that we're talking about it, let's talk about this, guys. Biggie Smalls, dead. Black Rob, dead. Craig Mack, dead. Mace, preacher. Shine, went to jail. Now a rabbi, extradited. Can't come into the United States anymore. Uh, I think he's in Belize. I don't know. I think uh, Bad Boy has a horrible track record. Death Row Records, let's look at this. Suge Knight, in jail. Uh, Tupac, dead. Snoop, still around. Still around. Kicking on his cooking show with Martha Stewart. Commentating for the worst boxing promotion I've ever seen in my life. On a board of the worst announcers ever. Uh, Dr. Dre, billionaire. I think Death Row is the label that pays me. Warren G, kicking around somewhere. Was he in Death Row? Probably not. I don't know. That's wild. That's wild. Bad boy, Little Kim, jail, horrible. Looks like an old Korean auntie that just will not give up. Will not is still holding on for dear life. The question I ask now is... Where is Loon? Is Loon okay? Is he around? The locks got out, broke free. Congratulations. It's like they left like Hotel California. You could check out anytime you please, but you can never leave. Knock yourself out. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Um... I have been getting up. I've been getting up a lot more lately, uh, going back to stand-up comedy, and it still doesn't feel right. Like, it still feels like there's a lot of rust I got to, like, sand off. And I'm not doing any new jokes. 
I'm doing the jokes. I like, okay, I know this work. Let me see if I can calibrate my uh, timing right. Let me see if I can get the reaction I was getting beforehand. Let's see if I can't recalibrate this thing. And uh, it's coming along. It's it's a work in progress. Work in progress. I uh, I'm trying to get out to more shows and just be out, but I am. I'm struggling. Like it's it's depressing at the amount of things that I could be at home doing uh when I go out. So now when I go out, I'm like I want to get my set in, I want to shake hands, I want to kiss babies, I want to high five and I want to go home in that order. Set, shake hands, high five, kiss babies, go home. I think I messed that order up, not relevant. But that's what I want to do. And I get home and I want to edit the video, I want to write more. I want to write more jokes. I want to look at the jokes that I writ that I'd written uh, during COVID and see if any of this shit makes sense. I'm going through the stuff like I'm going through my my old uh, jokes that I wrote during COVID and uh, full of hope. Who knew? Who knew this was gonna be a year in counting? The guy that wrote these jokes, not that guy, not that guy at all. So you know, I'm kind of like, okay, is, is there a gem in here? There isn't tear it out, put it in the back of the book. And that's how that's my writing process, guys. You basically write the joke and then the next day you write more jokes. And then you write more jokes the next day. And then the next day. And at some point you get to the you like especially when you hit writer's block, you go back over the old jokes. You don't even look at them up until you hit writer's block. You hit the bottom, you go back to the top and you read it and you just and you just edit it. You're like that doesn't work. That's trash. That doesn't make any sense. And here's the gem. Here's the gem. Let's use this gem and put it at the top of the page and then write for that. That's how I get through writer's block. And then you go to the next one. And then you go to the next one. Next day, same thing. Nothing to add to that first page. Great. You start reading, going over the jokes again. Going over. And when I cross it out, I don't like scribble it. I just go nope and sometimes if if i'm if i'm studious i will cross a line and i'll write the date that i cross the line so at the top of the page it says hey i started to write this on april 1st happy fool's day and then i cross it off in june i went back in june and go okay june 3rd and then when i go back at it again i you know i look at it for the third time and go okay in june this didn't make sense let's see if i can't make it make sense Let's see if I can't make this funny. So I, I think that um, a lot of my writing has a lot to do with like proofreading. Let's get my brain going in a, in in a in a direction, and then put it away, and let me grow. Let me think about it. Let it breathe. Let me think about it. Let me uh, let's just put it to the side, and then come back. I've grown, right? I, I can see things from a new perspective. And then that's how I write my jokes. You're like, Lloyd, that is the most boringest segment of today's show. You're right. Maybe. But that's how I write. If you're curious, like, hey, how do these jokes work? And then what I'll do is, like, kind of I will take, like, you know, a couple of the bits. And then I'll bring them up. Bring them up. Like, okay, well, DMX works. And then this joke. Okay, let's see if this I like this one, and that's, I think that's what it comes down to. It's like, I like this, and I want to talk about this tonight. And I bring it up. It's only like five or ten minutes. 
it's pretty easy to remember. And and then it grows from there. I listen to the tape. I record the audio. I bring the audio back, and then I I kind of I poke holes in it and work on it. That is how I work on my jokes, people. Um. But yeah, getting back up. I haven't really done anything new. I've just been trying to calibrate what I currently have and trying to just have a, a conversation with the crowd. I'm not really in front of too big of crowds right now, which is great. The stakes are so low. There was the other week, uh, uh, somebody just starting comedy was was on the show, and he brought literally, it must have been at least 15 people on a show that had, doesn't have 15 people. (laughs) They they didn't have anybody else to come see. It must have been, other than comics, those 15 people and maybe another 10 people, let's say, 25 people. And the show was rolling on and on and on. And then they went up and then they they talked to their people. And after they got off, two or three comics later, everyone started to file out one at a time. <laughs> and that's what happens. If you bring 15 people, expect to go last because once you get off stage, people start leaving. That's where that's, – that's a tip for open micers. And bringer people doing bringer shows. If you bring a lot of people, expect to go last, and um, that's why. So I I go on stage. Um, I'm up, and everyone's already almost everyone's gone, and that brought the stakes all the way down. Great set. <laughs> zero zero expectation, and uh, I felt better. I felt better. Went up there, stretched my legs, got a good got some good laughs. And, um, but it's, it's strange. You're going up there and the timing is everything. And I was trying to explain like how timing, like how to explain when your timing is off. And this is the best way that I can explain, uh, a timing. Think of you waking up and somebody has been up for a few hours uh, before you. So you wake up, you go into the kitchen, and your roommate or spouse or family has been up for two, three hours now, and they start talking to you. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they're saying. You're just like, I can't process any of this. Why? Because their timing is off. Your timing is off. I don't know who's who in this analogy, but it's like that, that frequency is off. And that's the best way I can explain, like, how, like, how timing feels. Like, when I'm on stage and my timing's off, it just feels like one of us is talking too fast and one of us is talking way too slow. Um, yeah, and it doesn't feel good. And you feel it. It's just like, um, yeah, just, <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it, but this rocking motion of just, like, banging your head against the wall. Uh you're like trying to put your hand in the f- in something and you just keep on hitting because your timing's off. Wow, the horrible analogy, Loy. <sighs> but that's uh, now I'm I'm starting. And the more sets that I do, the more it's like okay, like you're, you're I'm just getting in there right, and then I'm remembering like where to hit things differently. You know, because things are different. 
things are different now. We live in a world with COVID, and some things that used to fly before don't fly anymore, and some things that didn't fly before now fly. I don't know. I don't know why, but we are different now as as a whole. But what is great is COVID is something that we all experienced. You know, there are people that are rich. There are people that are poor. There's people from the East Coast, West Coast, international, North, South. And we all have different experiences. And there's some things, some universal truths. There's some human conditions that are true. But not everybody has experienced the same thing. But COVID has affected us um, universally. So that is a very interesting uh, thing that I've been seeing is that, like, hey, we are in this together. We have all experienced this at the same time, in real time. And none of us could have been, would have been, or was capable of being ready for this or prepared for this. So, you know, going into going into my jokes, into my sets with that lens, I think has made a huge difference. We all are meeting on the same level. And um, I think it's it's made me reconsider all of my material beforehand, and it's making me re-edit and reevaluate all of my material going forward. So, uh, you know, as things are starting to open up, uh, I am still looking to figure out what is my game plan in getting out of town and coming to your neck of the woods and telling dick jokes for you guys. My game plan is still still not out there, and it's scary when, like, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't, I, there's no game plan. There's like really no game plan. I can reach out to the comedy club and be like, hey, I would love to do a, do a night or do a weekend in your comedy club. And they're like, hey, we would too. We don't know when we're going to be open. <laughs> uh, we would love, or like, there's a lot of comedy clubs, a lot of comedy producers that I reached out to and they haven't even reached back yet. Like, I'm afraid that the person that I'm reaching out to is no longer around. I got to go find them on Facebook to make sure, like, hey, A, are you still alive? B, are you okay? And C, is there still a comedy club out there? You know, go, like, nothing is more frustrating and, and disheartening and saddening, saddening. It breaks my heart when I go onto a comedy club website and... There's like a big announcement due to COVID. We're not reopening until August. You go great August. We're we're in April. We're almost in May, June, July, August. That's three months. That's dope. No, they meant August 2020. <laughs> they had hopes and dreams of of opening in the summer, late summer of 2020. And they probably fired the guy. They probably shut down. They're not there anymore. That makes me sad. That's like losing a friend. And I got to go find the manager on Facebook and be like, are you okay? Yeah, we don't just do comedy anymore. I don't know, man. Um, I'm hoping things are opening up. I hope you guys... <laughs> I hope this wasn't too depressing. What are you going to do? Uh, man, I hope you guys are safe. Parting words, don't be a dick. Keep your hands to yourself. 
It's all fun and games until Nana gets sick, right? Do your part. Get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. I don't know, wear a mask nonetheless. Uh, just do your part. I'm doing mine. I'm doing everything I can. I'm being hopeful. And I keep on telling myself, just be hopeful. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <sighs> I miss you guys. I really miss traveling. I miss going out of town. I miss seeing you guys. I really had hopes of being like international, going more international. Last year, uh, I was I did shows in the Philippines. I did shows in uh, uh, London, Paris, Singapore, and uh, <coughs> oh shit, I got COVID. Um, yeah, I was really this year was looking up. This year looked like I was gonna go back. Doesn't look like it. So, I don't know. I'm just sad. <laughs> hopeful, guys. Hopeful. I uh, hope all you guys are well. If you guys are listening to the audio portion of this, if you guys are on podcasts, um, you can see the video. If you want to see my smiling mug, check out YouTube.com slash Comedy, and you can find this audio portion. I don't really edit much. This is... There's no difference. You want to see me and hear me, or do you just want to hear me? If you want to hear me, just hear me. Anywhere you find podcasts, I'm there. If you want to uh, see this freaking gorgeous, gorgeous man <laughs> in the face, YouTube.com. Uh, besides that, uh, I got some, I got some uh, promotional reads coming up in the future. Just hammering out the details on that. But I'm going to drop some co promo codes for you guys. So that's exciting, right? Hooray. All right, guys. I love you very, 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 very mucho. I hope all is well. I said that already. And on that note, I will see you guys next time. <laughs>